Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost. This week, we are looking at the astrology of June 25th through July 1st of 2023. But before we get too astrological, I got to say happy pride, ye gays. I have a great queer reading for a couple, a little romance for Pride coming out on Wednesday that you should definitely stay tuned for. And, you know, I just want to share that I realized I was gay. I mean, I guess I came out, but I wasn't really in. Like, I realized I was gay 30 years ago. And I got to say, my queerness, I just, I love being queer. I can't even tell you how much I love being queer. I love every part of the queer experience. I mean, I could do without the homophobia, but I just, I I love my queer life. I love my queer gender. I love my queer communities. And if you are somebody who is, you know, struggling with your sexuality or with coming out, if you're uh, a young queer, I just want to say I'm 48 and a half years old, and I've lived a very gay life. And it just has brought me nothing less than joy and living a life that reflects who you are and who you love uh, is just healthy and glorious and great. And I just wanted to share that with you. So if you are queer and are celebrating pride, uh, have at it. Have a great time, especially in this time that we're living in where there are so many homophobic and especially transphobic attacks happening from the far right, and honestly, sometimes in the left. This is just a really important time to embrace who you are, who you love, and how you want to live, because queer is wonderful. And if you're an ally and you're going out to celebrate Pride, it's just a friendly reminder uh, that you're a guest in the very gay houses that you may be stepping into. So act accordingly. You know what I mean? Okay, now we're going to get astrological. There's a lot to talk about this week. And the first two transits that I'm going to tell you about, you've already been feeling as they've been mounting and building up, okay? The first one is exact on the 25th of June, and it is a Mercury square to Neptune. It's exact at 3.36 p.m. Pacific time, and it's happening with Mercury at 27 degrees and 41 minutes of Gemini and Neptune at 27 degrees and 41 minutes of Pisces. So if you have any planets or important points in your birth chart that are around that degree of a mutable sign, pay close attention. Okay, but like I said, we've already been feeling this one and Mercury squared to Neptune tends to provoke anxiety, overwhelm. Mercury is your mind. It's your attitudes. It's how you listen. It's what you say, how you say it. It's related to your beliefs, right? Because it's about your attitudes. It's your perspective. And Neptune is a very spiritual planet, which some people I think idealize to mean that, okay, well, when Neptune's involved, everything is high spirituality and high arts. But it's not inherently that. When we're dealing with Neptune, we're dealing with energies that are not material. 
And so on a psychological and sometimes physiological level, what happens is we get overwhelmed because we're uh, receiving more information than we know how to process or we're receiving information that is just kind of like hard to make sense of or to place. So again, Mercury square to Neptune is often associated with overwhelm and confusion and anxiety. If you are somebody who is sensitive to energies, if you're an empath or, you know, just hanging out with people with whom you should really have boundaries, but you don't, uh, this can be a really rough transit because it makes us more porous. It makes us more likely to pull in the energies of other people and be meaningfully impacted by them, which, uh, you know, as you could imagine, is not all good news, right? Now, Mercury square to Neptune is especially bad for a number of things. And I'm going to tell you what they are. One is trying to make plans. This is not a great transit for trying to make plans. The, The transit that is exact on the 26th and overlapping with this one, like triples, the emphaticness with which I will say that. So if you need to make plans, do what you can to try to be like, okay, but let's check back in later this week, (laughs) you know, or if you have to buy a plane ticket or something, make sure you, you know, spend the money on the ability to uh, change your mind later. Because Mercury squared in Neptune makes it so that our thinking is not super linear. And it makes it easy for us to misunderstand things, or to be kind of like the victim of uh, misrepresentation right? Sounds a little like Mercury retrograde, but it's a really different energy, even though it kind of has a similar uh, material outcome. Mercury squared to Neptune is not a great time for processing with family members, friends, lovers, bosses, landlords, whatever, because everyone is in kind of a, a sensitive frame of mind, which tends to accelerate feelings of paranoia, insecurity, and defensiveness. So you could see why it's not a great time for processing, right? Mercury squared to Neptune is an especially poor time for doing any kind of consciousness raising drugs or fasting, because what we're meant to be doing is fortifying our boundaries, fortifying our thinking and doing so not as a way to, you know, keep others out, but as a way to be uh, clear about where we begin and end. Unfortunately, a Mercury square to Neptune can be a time where propaganda is effectively spread. Um, And in particular, con spirituality stuff, right? And if you don't know what con spirituality is, if you're listening to an astrology podcast, it's definitely good for you to know. It is basically the overlap of conspiracy theories with spirituality, and it's typically associated with new aged spirituality. So we want to be really careful when we're kind of seeking inspiration and direction online from strangers, generally always, but certainly this week and on and around this date, okay? Uh, Neptune scrambles things. And that's not inherently bad, but it requires that we are really kind of centered in ourselves so that we can locate, what do I think? What am I experiencing? What's happening outside of me? Uh, How do I want to respond, right? And that gets hard to do when you're feeling overstimulated. A lot of people experience this transit as a time where you just feel kind of mentally exhausted or easily depleted, easily demoralized. It may be a time where you find yourself staring at a screen and losing time, just really kind of like checking out. And, you know, depending on the circumstances of your life, that may, may or may not be a big deal. 
but it's certainly something to pay attention to. You probably need to drink more water, sleep a little extra this first half of the week. You just want to make sure that you're tending to your body and staying centered or grounded in reality as you cope with whatever comes up. You know, kind of on that tip, I will just remind you of the good common sense approach of how to engage with news that you see online, right? Always make sure to look at the date that it was published. Make sure that if it's like, you know, some sort of a social media post that um, there are sources or that you can vet information to find sources. And if it's impossible to figure out who created a post and you can't verify the data, then you should definitely assume that it's not trustworthy during this transit. Because again, we are vulnerable during this transit to believing things that are simply not true, that are mis- or disinformation. So beware, my friends, beware. Do your best to stay present in reality because Neptune pulls us out. You don't need to do anything to access higher spirituality uh, that would be helped by leaving your body. So Find a way to center your energies or ground your energies to make the most of this transit. And that brings us to the 26th. On the 26th, we're going to be going through the Mars square to Uranus. This transit is happening with Mars at 21 degrees and 30 minutes of Leo and Uranus at 21 degrees and 30 minutes of Taurus. So Mars is fighting, punch, punch, bang, bang. And Uranus is explosions. They're both explosive and in some ways combative planets. And when they form a 90 degree angle to each other, aka a square, we always run the risk of explosions. Now, if you've been paying attention to what's happening in Russia with the Wagner Group, um, this started under the influence of the Mars square to Uranus, right? It's a violent rebellion or a coup. I don't know exactly what it's being called yet, but it can have major implications, not just for Russia, but for the world. So it's worth paying attention to. Under the influence of a Mars square to Uranus, we can experience violence. And there's so many ways of experiencing violence, right? Like this can be the energy of violence, uh, material experiences of violence, being in proximity to violence. I mean, you know, theft wages violence, right? So there's a lot of ways that violence uh happens, but with Mars squared Uranus, it tends to come a little out of the blue. It tends to be sudden, abrupt, and jarring. I'm not saying this to frighten you because, you know, this transit will happen lots of times and you won't notice it too much in your life. But uh, it is certainly something to be mindful of because especially if you have any kind of planets or important points in your birth chart at around 21 degrees of a fixed sign, uh, you're really going to feel this. And it's important to know that where Uranus is, is where we want to attain freedom and autonomy, where we want to often rebel or forge our independence kind of at all costs. And Mars is all about action. Mars is about embodiment. Mars is about motivation and ego. And so this dynamic exchange of energies can kind of go all over the place. I mean, Theoretically, it could coincide with earth-shattering, mind-blowing sex. It could coincide with making some sort of meaningful breakthrough in your relationship to your body or gender on some level. And it can be just combative energies that don't have a lot of hope for uh, sustainability, but are deeply felt in the motivation for doing them. This is 
physical energy. Mars is related to our bodies. It's our ego. It's passion, right? And so this energy does need to be expressed. You may be feeling really agitated or irritated. Uranus is the nervous system. Mars, again, the body. Mars is related to anger and uh, irritability. A lot of people have a hard time experiencing anger. And so instead of getting angry, they get weepy and sad or they get sleepy and dopey. Am I going with this the seven dwarves? I don't know, but you get where I'm going, right? There's a lot of different ways that people experience the intensity of Martian energy. And so if you know you're somebody who tends to get overstimulated by anger, then you know, you want to be on the lookout for signs that you're feeling overwhelmed. Because if you can identify what's going on within you, that puts you in a really good position to work with those energies, right? It's hard to work with energies when we don't exactly know what they are or where they are, what they need. This can be a transit where you or someone else uh, decides that they have to do a damn thing. They have to do a damn thing and they're going to do it their way at all costs. Because it's a square, this honestly, can be very disruptive and problematic, or it can be liberatory. It's going to be important if you're the one who's doing the breaking free, if you're the one who's feeling rebellious or being aggressive, to check your motivations and check your ego, right? Because Mars. We want to make sure that our motivations are clean and that we are coming at things with the appropriate energy so that we don't unintentionally kick up opposition when we're actually trying to rally for support. Now, I want to just acknowledge that the Mars square to Uranus, which is super zingy and and kind of reactive energy, is overlapping with the Mercury square to Neptune. Now, that transit is kind of disorienting and overwhelming. And so I just want to kind of really make space for the fact that this astrology doesn't necessarily put us in our best mind. It puts us in a bit of a reactive state, which, depending on your nature, may be really passive or it may be really aggressive, right? And it may be very physical. It may feel very psychological. But it's a lot of energy and it's a confusing set of energy. And so if you've been feeling the several days leading up to these transits, during these transits, several days afterwards, if you've been feeling kind of just all over the damn place. Like you've got all this energy to burn and yet you have no energy. Like feeling really activated around anxiety because Neptune and Uranus are the two planets that govern anxiety, very different kinds of anxiety. Neptune is more panic and Uranus is more distraction. If you're feeling any of this kind of stuff, you know, there's an astrological context to that, which is good to know. Slash also, It's really valuable for you to explore how centered or grounded you are, what your motivations are, and to do your best to have energetic and also mental psychological boundaries where you need them. And to add to that, you may not need boundaries because that might not be your experience, but you may need to respect somebody else's boundaries, whether you like them or not. And so I want to just, again, acknowledge that because a lot of times when we talk about, you know, the need for boundaries, we tend to think about our own selves. But it's important to also consider how we respond to the boundaries of others, even the boundaries we don't like or we don't understand, because that shit is challenging, right? It's challenging. 
And just as a hot aside, this is a topic I'm going deep on over on my Patreon, just dropping tons of content about boundaries, answering questions for folks. It's just we're, we're, we're getting into it. And I love talking about boundaries. So it's super fun for me. And if you're interested in exploring that theme more, uh, join us over on Patreon. The link is in show notes. Okay. Now, one last thing I'm going to say about these two transits. You may be flooded with different ideas about, you know, things you can do, you should do, ways you can improve your life, uh, you know, shifts in perspective. I want to encourage you to jot them down, track them without attaching to them. Because a lot of this energy is like transient. It's moving energy. And if you hold too tightly to ideas, plans, whatever, it may actually get in the way of being present. So a good way to deal with that is to just like take copious random notes about thoughts and feelings and insights you have and then return to them later in the week or, you know, next month or whatever when the energy shifted and see what is gold, what is pyrite, and what is just like, eh, it's nothing, it's nothing much, right? That might be helpful, something, something to play with. And that's it for the most challenging of the transits this week. Let's get to something a little grounding. The city of Atlanta has leased 381 acres of Wilauni Forest to the Atlantic Police Foundation for police military facility funded by corporations. But we can still fight. Visit stopcopcity.city slash organize with us for ways you can help from wherever you are. And if you're registered to vote in Atlanta, Georgia, you can sign the petition, which you can find at copcityvote.com slash petition. The links to both of these things are in show notes. So on the 28th at 6.43 p.m. Pacific time, we have a sun trine to Saturn. This transit is a godsend after the disruptive and chaotic energies of the two transits I just spoke with you about. The sun trine to Saturn is really grounding. We've got the sun in Cancer at seven degrees and six minutes, and we've got Saturn at seven degrees and six minutes of Pisces. And so we have these two planets in these beautiful water signs having a lovely conversation with each other where they're kind of gassing each other up. Saturn, which is rules, obligation, getting shit done, material reality, is supporting the sun in being true to itself, in shining for what is authentic and real, for being in integrity. And the sun, right, the sense of self, the identity, is having this lovely conversation with Saturn, wherein it's saying, yeah, I'm going to do the things, but I want to do them my way. So this transit can really help us to approach things in our lives or things that we're considering in a way that is both self-appropriate and sustainable. God, I love that Saturn is related to sustainability. This transit may also coincide with some sort of result or consequence of previous labors and in particular previous struggles where things kind of come through. It can be something small and it can be something real big. It really just kind of depends um, on the celestial lottery. Sun trying to Saturn is also a really good transit for getting grounded and achieving a sense of equilibrium inside. And again, as you could imagine, after these other two transits I've been telling you about, that's really, really helpful. 
it's helpful that this transit is helping us to get a little more pragmatic, a little more grounded, a little bit more in the 3D here and now. And to do so in a way that is not theoretical, but instead self-appropriate, aligned, right? Who doesn't want this? We want this. We want this. This transit is great for intergenerational connections, in particular, either uh, connecting with an elder or being the elder and connecting with someone else, somebody who's younger. This part of uh, the transit of Sun trying to Saturn, I find particularly well-timed as a queer during Pride because... I went to the Trans March this past weekend in San Francisco, and it was fucking lovely. But something that I noticed that kind of filled up my heart with a lot of love is that there were a lot of people of all ages. There were people who were significantly older than me. There was a lot of people who were my age, you know, people in their 40s and 50s. And then there were really young people and people with babies. So it was a very intergenerational experience. And that is something I really love about my experience with queer community is how intergenerational it can be. And, you know, it's just so important for queer people, many of us who are trying to find ways of living that are, you know, self-appropriate and not the same as straight and cis people. It's so great to have elders to look to, living elders who we can connect with and build community with. And the cool thing is, Sun trying to Saturn is a great time for maybe we could call it like hug a crone day. I don't know. Okay, let's talk about what happens on the 29th. On the 29th, we have two exact transits. The first one is a Venus trying to Chiron, and the second is a Mercury trying to Saturn. The Mercury trying to Saturn is happening at 11:24 p.m. Pacific time, and the Venus trying to Chiron is happening at 1:41 a.m. Pacific time. But I'm going to tell you about the Mercury trying to Saturn first because it's not dissimilar from the Sun trying to Saturn. Mercury trying to Saturn is a transit that steadies our thinking. It makes it easier to listen and concentrate, whether we're talking about reading comprehension or, you know, the ability to actually like truly listen to what somebody is saying, to be present for it. Uh, Mercury trying to Saturn supports us in that. It also is a transit that really helps us to make sense of data. So while Mercury squared to Neptune happened a few days earlier, and honestly, we're still going to be kind of like feeling it a little bit, right? But while that happened, scrambling our thoughts, making us really susceptible to, uh, you know, misunderstandings or being misled, Mercury trying to Saturn empowers us to have well-considered process. So if you need to talk shit out with people, this is a great day for doing it, okay? This is a great day for saying what needs to be said, but also really hearing someone else out. If you need to be humble about something because you acted out or made some sort of error (laughs) earlier in the week, uh, this transit really empowers us to be humble. And not just for you to be humble, but for the person you need to make some sort of repair with to be more willing to understand where you're coming from and be generous, which is really wonderful. This transit's also great for connecting with other people. It's not like a magic sparkly transit where you're like, oh my God, I'm meeting all the people and it's dynamic and exciting. But it is a transit where if you're making connections with somebody and you're having, you know, some sort of like friend connection or professional connection, you can actually trust that it's it's got roots that that could really develop. So the connections we make during this transit tend to have sustainability associated with them. 
And speaking of that, if you are an organizer or somebody who does work that requires some kind of planning um, and mapping out of future steps, this transits your BFF. It's so helpful because it gives us a really pragmatic approach. Win, win, win. And because it's happening all in water signs, it's pragmatic in a way that is not divorced from our feelings and needs and wants. So pragmatism with empathy. Yes, please. Can I have another? Okay. Now that brings us to the other transit that is exact on this date. And that is a Venus trine to Chiron. So Venus is at 19 degrees and 43 minutes of Leo, and we've got Chiron at 19 degrees, 43 of Aries. So this is a fiery trine. And it's wonderful that it's a fiery trine because fire uh, is an element that spreads, right? So we don't need to cultivate it like as if it was in an earth sign. We don't need to like work to make use of this transit. This has a real kind of dynamic, fiery energy to it, which is wonderful. What it does is it empowers us to move through old wounds and traumas and to do that by validating and investing in love, abundance, gratitude, our values. It is by investing in a life that feels good to live, that affirms all that you are here and now, that we can have the strength to do the work that we may need to do to deal with our wounds and traumas, which is Chiron, right? Because of this trine, we are able to move through feelings of inadequacy, feelings of uh, discomfort or pain around our identity and being embodied, and to move through them with care by validating the parts of ourselves, the world, our lives, whatever that we value right? And so this transit is really lovely. But as I often point out, when we're dealing with Chiron, we're always dealing with our old wounds. And so you may have issues come up around beauty, how pretty or good looking you feel your meat suit is, or you are, um, the value that you place on beauty and appearances, right? And how that's wrapped up with self-worth and your willingness and ability to be in your body and to validate your right to exist and feel good about yourself and have abundance and have love. So we don't want to shy away from difficult topics, but instead know that if you are willing to get into it, there's a lot of support in making progress, making headway, moving through some painful content and ending up somewhere better right? And it's not just the Venus trying to Chiron that supports us in this. It's also that Sun and Mercury trying to Saturn, very stabilizing to support us in staying aligned with the things that we actually value. And just think about it. How many things do you waste your time and energy on around your identity or your body that you actually, when you really think about it, don't actually care about? You know, this is a transit where we can come into greater awareness and that awareness can transform into a shift of perspective. And sometimes it's just the smallest shift of perspective that empowers us to make profound and healing changes. Now, that brings us to the 30th. And on that date, we have a sun conjunction to Mercury. This is happening at 10.06 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're on the East Coast or further east than that, it's going to be happening on the 1st of July. 
And it is between the sun at nine degrees of Cancer and Mercury at nine degrees of Cancer in nine minutes. So sun conjunction to Mercury is a lovely transit, but not without some consideration, let me tell you. This transit is excellent for feeling excited and interested. It stimulates our thinking and brings a little sparkle, a little zhuzh to your thinking, which is wonderful, right? It's also a great transit for socializing. Mercury is friends, right? It's like gabbing with the best of them. So this is a good time for having fun conversations, running into people, running around your neighborhood, getting shit done, having fun. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. There is a way that Mercury's adaptability and flexibility and curiosity, when paired with the sun's uh, willfulness and, and vitality, can really make for an exciting day and, you know, interesting things can happen, which, yay, right? We're very into that. The tricky part is that the sun and Mercury, especially in the zodiac sign of cancer, which is associated with nationalism and patriotism, right? They, when they're sitting on top of each other, they can get really focused on my thoughts, my attitudes, my truth. And it can put us in a frame of mind where we're not really considering others. And we're not doing a great job of considering where other people might be coming from. If you catch yourself thinking your perspective is the only perspective worth considering, uh, you, you know, do your best to adjust. And you may be dealing with someone else who just will not listen to anything. Their perspective is the only perspective, in which case you can think to yourself, huh, astrology works. And then also determine for yourself whether or not it's worth having a conversation because sometimes people just don't want to be open. It's a waste of this energy, honestly. Mercury conjunction to sun theoretically is a time when we're really open-minded, but I have found in practice it can make us really uh, attach and hold on to our perspectives as we over-identify our ideas with our identity. Capiche? Ideas and identity, ideas being Mercury, identity being the sun, are very different things. And of course, for most of us, there's an overlap between these things. And sometimes it's really conscious, and sometimes it's really subconscious. But Mercury and the sun are different planets, just like identity and ideas are different things. So it's certainly worth parsing these things out if you can, in particular on this date, because that'll really help you to make very good use of this transit. And that brings me to July 1st, where we have the last two transits of this week. And this is where Mercury and the sun both form a sextile to Jupiter. This is another fucking a lovely transit and a really great way to kick off a month, you know. And I should say, on July 1st, on the Kittens level of Patreon, I drop a bonus episode of Ghost of a Podcast, and it's the month ahead horoscope. And it gives you lots of details about what's to come. And it is a great way to kind of get ready for the month ahead. Uh, okay. Mercury sextile to Jupiter is exact at 12.10 a.m. Pacific time, and it's happening at 9 degrees and 20 minutes, with Mercury being in Cancer and Jupiter being in Taurus. The Sun sextile to Jupiter happening at 9 degrees and 21 minutes, with the Sun in Cancer and Jupiter in Taurus, and that's at 3.26 a.m. So all very tight, all very closely knit. Mercury sextile to Jupiter is a great transit for 
a broad-minded outlook. Mercury is the details and Jupiter is the big picture. This is maybe not the most grounded of all transits, but it's excellent for trying to figure out the details of your big picture plans to uh, visualize what's possible and then to do some research to see how to make it happen. This is a great transit for socializing, uh, connecting with people, reaching out to people, any kind of correspondence or like hanging out very well starred. This week does bring us a lot of really fun and social transits, in particular Mercury and Sun sextile to Jupiter. Very fun and social. So do it in a healthy way. This transit, Mercury sextile Jupiter, is just, it may find you kind of like inspired with new ideas, with possibilities. If you have the opportunity to travel during these transits, it just means you're probably going to have a really great time. Mercury sextile to Jupiter loves adventure, loves play and is a great transit for exploring things that you're curious about, learning something new, and in particular, learning something new through experience and not just theory, right? Although, you know, for people who love theory, this transit can also be really dynamic. You may just pick up a book and be like, holy shit, this is the concept. Or you may hear something phrased in a way where you're like, oh, that just that just cinches this concept for me. And that's really expansive, right? It's really fun. Now, this transit is overlapping with the sun sextile to Jupiter. And this transit is excellent for your vitality, your virility, because the sun is related to your vitality and virility. It's your will, right? It's your central energies. And Jupiter is expansion. Jupiter is associated with luck and abundance and an easy dynamic flow of energy. So a sun sextile to Jupiter, that's just good news on top of good news. You may be feeling especially resilient, open, abundant, optimistic. You might just find yourself having fun. You know, you might find yourself in a position where things feel good and and there's a sense of momentum because Jupiter, similar to Mars, uh, but very differently, is related to momentum, to things expanding and, and kind of taking shape in a way that is fun and exciting. When we execute on plans or come up with plans even under this influence of Jupiter, they tend to work out really well. So... It is important to make sure that you ask yourself, do I want the things I'm working towards? Because if you were going to get the things you were working towards, would you be happy, right? So many of the times we make plans and we're just, we're making plans in reaction to somebody else or something that is not authentic. So you want to make sure that whatever you're engaging in and investing your energy in is a good reflection of you. And so if you find the answer to that is, oh shit, it's not, don't fret. All of this energy to Jupiter is good for us to shift our perspectives as a way to expand our potential, right? It's just very exciting energy. Opportunities that come your way, especially if you have planets or important points in your chart at around nine degrees of a uh, water or earth sign are likely to be really lovely like great opportunities. So, you know, it's always good to be pragmatic in your thinking and to cross those T's and dot those I's. But an opportunity that comes your way with this energy tends to be really exciting and good for you. So that's fun, right? Now, if you can get your buns into nature, 
or uh, immerse yourself in something that you find to be uplifting and expansive. So that might be music, it might be solitude, it might be any number of things. Uh, That's a good idea because Jupiter makes things bigger. It supports us, or at least it can, especially with the Sun and Mercury forming a sextile to it. And so whatever you can do to put yourself in this frame of mind and in the energy of expansion, growth, and abundance, the better. Now, I just dropped a lot of details on you. So I'm going to run through these transits so you can write them down. But, you know, if you want to be tracking all the details of what I'm saying, don't forget that I always have the transcript up on my website, always for free, uh, usually within 24 to 48 hours of this episode coming out. So you can always go and track the transits there as well. Okay. On June 25th, we have an exact square between Mercury and Neptune. On the 26th, we have an exact square between Mars and Uranus. On the 28th, the Sun forms a trine to Saturn. On the 29th, Venus forms an exact trine to Chiron, while Mercury forms an exact trine to Saturn. On the 30th, the Sun conjoins Mercury. And then on the 1st, both the Sun and Mercury form an exact sextile to Jupiter. And that's your damn horoscope for this week. If you got value from this horoscope or if you get value from my work in general, please do rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts because it really does make a big difference. And I hope you'll join me in a couple of days for the next episode of Ghost. Every year.